Couch Chats is a series of real, open, honest and raw chats with some inspiring friends and women I have had the privilege to meet along my entrepreneurial journey, as well as some solo episodes from me. I hope this podcast can inspire you to always dream big and make it your reality. I am your host, Jess Williamson, a serial entrepreneur and business coach. And today I have my good friend, Ashley, joining me on the podcast. You may know her as Ashley Jade on Instagram, has been in the social media game for over 10 years and was an influencer before the word even gained its meaning. She juggled influencing as a side hustle whilst working shift work, full-time in a corporate company for nearly nine years until COVID actually changed the course of her path, which was ultimately a blessing in disguise. It forced Ashi to take the leap from corporate life to full-time influencer, content creator, but it certainly didn't come without its challenges, which is amazing because Ashi is so down to earth, real and raw, which we're going to get into very soon in our chat. But like many, Ashi faced mindset pitfalls. She's very candid in sharing how she deals with perfectionism and imposter syndrome so that hopefully you guys can all learn something from her experiences as well. So let's get started. All right. So welcome, Ashi. I am so excited to have you on the Couch Chats podcast today. I can't believe I'm finally on your podcast. I've been listening to it for ages and to be following on from so many amazing women that have been on your podcast. Thank you so much. No, thank you. I mean, we've been friends for a while and I'm doing my list on who I'm going to have on this year. So I'm so glad we were able to tee something up and get you on. Thank you. You've had an plethora of experience and a very interesting journey to date. And so what I would love to start with is a bit of a background, like tell everyone about your story, where it all started up until today. Sure thing. So back in the day, I used to do beauty pageants and bikini competitions and they used to be all the rage. It's how I'd spend my weekends. And I kind of fell into the social media side of things when the Facebook pages launched. So you could make a public profile and get people to like it. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to keep my modeling separate from doing, um, sharing it on my personal page. So I'll just create the page. And doing that did come with a bit of backlash from friendship groups. Um, but I pushed through. I was like, no, I'm going to stick to my gun. By that, were they just judging you or? Yeah. What, what I, I always will remember this one message. It's funny how like those kind of messages always sting, no matter what they say, you will always remember the words. Yeah. In the, yeah. Cause of the way they make you feel right. And it just tore me to shreds. It was how I think I'm a celebrity and all these things and comparing me to like, like Kim Kardashian. Hello. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, oh my but, god! But I remember just thinking, like, no, I'm, I'm not doing this because I, I want anything from it. I'm purely just doing it to separate it. Like, I don't expect my friends or my family to even follow this page. You don't have to. You actually have the choice. And so it was from that moment that I 
wouldn't get offended if friends or family didn't follow me because they just might not want to see what I'm doing and that's totally okay like and then they might even want to keep it a surprise to when we actually do catch up so um, <laughs> and it, that's a big thing in itself I think so many business owners or just anyone stepping outside of the norm it's like you're not doing a normal job you don't fit into the box anymore and yeah and that can kind of put people a little bit offside so yeah are, are those friendships still around um, not those ones. There are, of course, the supportive <laughs> ones. So I've got my yeah. um, cheerleaders that have cheered me on all along the way that came to all my competitions. And then um, Instagram came about. So because I was sharing all my traveling, because I traveled the world with pageants, um, I went to a few international finals and I've won a few national titles. So that would then get me to go to international. So um, that was when I started working with brands and I didn't even know this was a thing. Like, I guess I kind of fell into influencer world by accident. It was never a thing back then. It's only in the last few years that it's kind of gathered this title. And Mm. so, yeah. And they were wanting to send me things, which I just thought was the coolest thing ever. And in return, they were getting photos and I was promoting it on my page. So I was like, well, this is a cool exchange. <laughs> like I am loving yeah. this. And um, <laughs> for those of you that don't know, my husband is also a photographer and we've been together uh, 12 years this year. So it was just kind of a match made in heaven. It worked hand in hand. And so he's been able to take all my content throughout the years, which I know not everyone has a luxury of, and I'm, I'm extremely grateful for him every single day. Um, and I have him <laughs> to thank for a lot of the success in that side of things. That's very yeah. handy. I know a lot of I know a lot of my friends who also do influencing had to train up their husband. They definitely weren't photographers, so that's amazing. Yeah, my number one tip there is to just hype them up because it can be daunting, you know, you pass on the phone or the camera and be like, just take a photo of me. And they're like, yeah, but I I don't know what I'm doing. So my tip there would be to get them to get into the frame, show them or like position them how you want to be and then so they have an idea of what they're actually doing and then hype them up, um, give them a bit of a confidence boost. Um, so then, yeah, I went through to Instagram. My um, Facebook page reached 1.3 million followers and then wow, that kind of came. It went viral. It was a bit like that's when I stepped away. So mm. I kind of felt a bit too seen and what I really loved was when I first started out and there, when there was 10,000 and 20,000, I could still recognize a lot of the names that would show up every day because I was showing up on the platform every single day. And then I kind of shied away from Facebook and then have spent all of my time on Instagram since then. So if you go on my Facebook page, there's like one post a year in the last oh. five years, not a couple here and there, but um, then I just dived in and gave all my love to Instagram and it's for everybody has changed throughout the years. No, such an amazing, amazing channel. So (laughs) once you got over to Instagram, did you kind of cross promote? Did you say, hey guys, come find me on Instagram or did you start from scratch? Um, I did. So I did leverage off the Facebook page and I was saying like, come over here. And I ran a lot of competitions. A lot of brands wanted to run competitions back then uh, to get them onto Instagram because it was this new platform for everybody. So everyone wanted to kind of leverage off that. So yeah, so that's how it kind of started. And uh, back then a lot of people would do share for share. Do you remember that? (laughs) Yeah. So it was a lot easier back then to grow and you can literally take a photo of a pair of sunglasses and just whack it up. It had no artistic anything to it. It was just meaningless. <laughs> and and, and it, like the poster filter. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
<laughs> and um, it's been, yeah, but that was kind of a side thing. It was always just a hobby. It was never something that I saw being a profession, I guess. And then it wasn't until the last few years where um, I think it was when I got asked to do like my first paid opportunity and I was like, oh, okay, so this is this is where we're at now and how can I turn this into a business? I always kind of branded myself as a business, but I was never being financially compensated for that. Mm. Um, so I guess I just started diving into that a little bit more and figuring out how it all worked. And I mean, everyone's still learning along the way and everything, like all these new things pop up here and there. And um, yeah, it's definitely evolved over the years. Yeah, I think everyone's kind of winging it in their own yeah. way and figuring out what what works along the way. Um, but that was really cool. Such an awesome journey. And so you did take the leap a few months ago and go full time into, you know, your personal brand and building that up. And what was that journey like? Because I know that a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners struggle with this. Like, what is the perfect time? When should I quit? Is it one year after I start my business? And they're looking for this answer, but I feel like there is no one size fits all answer. So I'd love for you to share. It really isn't. (laughs) Yeah. I would love for you to share a bit about your journey on that, because I think even if there's one person out there in a similar situation, hopefully it can help them feel a little bit more comfortable with making the right decision that's right for them. Yeah, I was at a corporate company for my years of service, get this, when I received my final pay slip, the years of service were 8.88, which the three eights mean that you are in complete alignment with where you're meant to be in life and that the next journey and the path that you're about to take is the right one you're meant to be on. So when I found that out, I was like, what? Um, so I had been at this company for a very long time. Um, I was a promotional casino host and in the last two years, I felt like I had already reached the, the final step of where I could grow within the company. There wasn't anything else that I wanted to do and, and I was really unhappy. And I had even gone to my management and proposed a few ideas to go part-time so I could focus on my content creation part-time and they just wouldn't have a bar of it. Wow. They, things always came up. They were like, oh, yeah, we'll look at it into the new year. Yeah. And then COVID happened and I was like, oh, maybe I better not bring this up again. <laughs> and then it shut down and um, during that time when we were all stood down, it gave me a taste of what it was like to be a creator full time. And, I mean, I know that like a lot of people were receiving job keeper and that kind of thing, but I still, I was, I was doing what I could to show up every day to entertain my audience, whether it was making TikToks or going live or doing online workshops. I just, I thrived and I loved every second of it. And I was just like checking the news every single day, seeing if the lockdown was going to be lifted because I just didn't want to go back. I was obsessed with it. And I, then when the day came that we were going back, it was very sudden. It was a massive turnaround, like within, I think, 48 hours wow. we were going back to work. Yeah. And so I wasn't mentally prepared. And with that became um, like I wasn't doing my old role anymore because we couldn't do that because of the restrictions. And so I was really 
I'm going to say depressed. I felt sorry for the people around me because I went to a dark place and, and I, and I think when you can hear my voice is starting to shake now, but, um, I didn't like the person I was and I felt bad for the people around me that had to put up with me. And so I was having panic. I remember this one night I was having a panic attack and I just wanted to escape the gaming floor. I was, I could feel that the rush was coming over me and I I ran to the canteen to kind of get away, but it was just making it worse, the noise of the music and Mm. the people. And I just, I then ran back to where I was working and just collapsed to the staff. And um, I don't, I don't remember getting downstairs after that. Apparently was stripping off like my jacket and stuff. And yeah, it, it was intense. And the thing was, I, I had gone and asked for help. Mm. Um, but they didn't know how to deal with that situation. And, um, there's always a number that you can call and there's always someone to talk to. Um, but I just feel like mental health in the workplace is just, there's a, there's a lot of companies that still have a long, long way to go. And, um, I didn't think that that situation would be changing any suit anytime soon. And, and I, I needed for my own mental health to get out of there. So Mm -hmm. it was a hard decision. It it all kind of, it didn't end the way that I wanted it to, or I envisioned. I didn't get a last shift. I didn't get to say my last goodbyes. I didn't, I didn't get a last crappy canteen meal. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, it felt like a breakup and I'm not going to lie. It's not as, glamorous as everyone thinks it is to just like quit your full-time job or leave it in whatever way it is that it happens and be at home now and be like okay now figure it out I had to then grieve my my work relationship it felt like I'd gone through a breakup and so I went through these stages where I was so mad every day I had Taylor Swift bad blood on repeat like (laughs) I was just so angry and then I started becoming more accepting and then I started figuring out like okay this is actually what I wished for. A year ago, I then realized that a year ago I had wished to be in this exact position. And I was like, wow, I brought about what I thought about. And that's my motto in life. I was like, okay, we're good now. Uh We've survived. (laughs) You're surrounded by amazing people that are here to support you. I then started having really great people reassure me that it's going to be okay. And I felt like I was going to be okay. Um, and then I started doing a social media course, which I feel like that also saved me. Mm. Having a, dis- not a distraction, but it helped me through mindset yeah. and how to deal with the situation that I was in. It wasn't just about social media. It was a, is a lot of life skills as well. Yeah. And I took a, a lot away from that. Amazing. And I guess having a bit of structure as well when you don't have the set hours and things to go to. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't have <laughs> I don't have this daily schedule. I do I have an outline of what I'd like to achieve, but that's the one thing. I, I start doing a list. I really just gotta start with this list thing, <laughs> writing it all out and then trying to achieve everything. Yep. Um so I, I still have a lot of learning to do. Yeah, amazing. I actually use an app called Todoist. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it's like a to-do list. No. You can put certain tasks on certain days. So I sort of estimate, okay, this might take one or two hours and I still 
jam pack it full. That's my yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> but it allows you to schedule like different tasks for different days. So you can kind of spread it out and see that yeah. okay, this week's pretty full. I've got to put it on next week or what's my priority. So I found that really, really helpful. That's genius. I'm sorry. I'm right. I'm actually going to write it. Oh, you can remind me after. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but that's an incredible story because I think a, a lot of people have this idea in their head that when my business is making the same amount of money as I'm making my full-time job, I'll be able to quit. Or when I'm getting mm. tons of money in my income, then I can quit. But it doesn't always work that way. And I always had that idea as well. But I got to a point where my mental health caused me to quit as well. And sometimes quitting before you're ready or taking that leap before you're ready can sometimes be the biggest blessing in disguise. It's definitely not easy and it's scary as hell, Um, but sometimes it can force you to do the things that maybe you didn't have time for or you just hadn't had to do. And then when you get put in that position, it's like, holy shit, I better figure it out because here we are. So yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You've nailed it. And you really, I don't think anything can prepare you for it. Um, Especially when, you know, I'd been at this company for nearly nine years of my life. That's a third of my life. (laughs) And that's huge when you put it in that perspective. Yeah. When you cut it down like that. And I really, I like you do, you have to think of a few things like, are you going to financially be okay? Do you have a bit of a fund happening? I always, um, recommend building up an emergency fund just in case because you never know what what's going to happen what life could throw at you and a great I'll give a shout out to a Facebook um, an Instagram page sorry called smart women society they give out so much free information they're so great and that's actually helped me make sure that I'm putting money aside every week for an emergency fund so oh that's awesome yeah um, so you don't think about all these things and it's like, right, your living expenses, your bills, like, can I cover this? And um, I was making, like, I, I was starting to get quite a good momentum happening with consistent brands coming through and um, able to build up, yeah, a, a nice little fund to get myself by for a few months. So people might think, oh, she's like working with these amazing brands and it's a great opportunity, of course, um, but it is going back into my living expenses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's a great tip. Um, now, I wanted to quickly touch on, so mindset is the number one thing I talk about. Yeah. It's like the number one key to success really is mindset and and being able to manage your own thoughts. Now, you obviously come across super confident on your social media and, you know, people do see you working with these amazing brands. But I know from speaking to a ton of incredible entrepreneurs that no one is immune to mindset blocks like imposter syndrome or, you know, just anything, the fear of failure, fear of success, any of these things can come up for anyone. So have you had any of these thoughts? And if so, what ones have been like prominent for you in your journey? Can I say all of the above? (laughs) (laughs) Um, The main one that sticks out straight away is imposter syndrome. And whenever an opportunity would arise, Alex, my husband, um, brought it to my attention that I was always saying, oh, my God, no, I can't do that. Every time, every time I would get an email or I was asked to do something, that was outside of my comfort zone. I was like, why are they asking me? What the hell? Like, And I always was yeah, riddled no. with so much doubt. And I had to be reassured that, well, 
there's obviously something in you that they see and there's a reason why they've asked you. Um, so I had to really com- combat that by saying yes. And something I've learned is to get comfortable with getting uncomfortable. Yeah, that's like one of my favorite quotes as well. (laughs) I love it. And when I realized that, it's only in the last few months, I think since leaving my full-time job, I've really, I'm more self-aware and I'm more aware when that, those feelings creep up. And so I acknowledge them and I will tell my husband and I'll I'll only confide in him or a close friend, but, or I will share my experience of how I combat it and get over it or get through it. Um, But yeah, they do arise here and there. And another one that really crippled me probably more was uh, perfectionism because back Mm. when I was, I think it came from my pageant days because you were being judged every day or every time you're doing a comp on literally the way you look. Sometimes the comps had speaking parts, but you had to make your personality shine through just being on stage. And so I would think overthink everything everything before I put it out I was always thinking oh my god is this good enough are the colors okay does it go well and that kind of mentality on social media is so crippling and it's you can't enjoy it anymore and one thing I learned last year was to just take messy action and to stop caring because you're probably thinking about it so much more and your audience don't really care. They're like, I just want to see the content. I don't care what your feed looks like. Some people yeah. do find aesthetic pleasing, like aesthetically pleasing um, pages, you know, nice to look at and all that jazz. But are you enjoying what you're putting out there? And is there a nice flow? Like you've just got to, yeah, when make yourself more aware of it when it's happening and capture it and be like, do I, is this how I want to be spending my time on the online space? Hell no. <laughs> I mean, no one cares as much about what you're doing as you. Exactly. We all think that people care, but they really couldn't care less what we're doing. No. I think sometimes. They don't care that you've just spent two and a half hours trying to think of a caption. They just want to read the damn thing and get something out of it. (laughs) Exactly. And so what have you sort of put in place or what, I know you said just take messy action, but what have you done to overcome that imposter syndrome and the perfectionism a little bit? So to overcome imposter syndrome, whenever those feelings or overthinking would arise, I've now been able to capture it and take a moment to reflect and tell myself, hang on a second, you deserve this opportunity just as much as anybody else does and not let that old mindset overrule me because it can just, it, it numbs you and it blocks your mind from being creative or being able to think. And that's just not a way that I enjoy living and I and I think I've done that for so many years now and when you get a taste of what it's like to say yes everything flows it's just magic I I always heard people talk about this and I never understood like what is this flow what do you mean (laughs) and (laughs) when things are meant to happen like me leaving my job since then everything has just flowed and it's just not been so easy because it has been that there's always things that arise. Um, but I just, I just work through it and I, I take a moment to look back at it as a whole and then figure out my next move. Yeah. Amazing. And I think every time you do it, you realize, Oh, that wasn't so bad. Exactly. Or, I actually did a good job and you get better at it over time to being more confident in saying yes. And then you're like, give me all the opportunities right? come my way. <laughs> like last year, for example, I was asked to be on a podcast and I 
went through and I booked the time schedule and everything. And then I just couldn't do it. I, the imposter syndrome kicked in. I overthought everything. I felt a fear of being seen and I just, I just canceled. And I feel so bad for that person. I have been, I'm actually going to reach out to them and be like, Hey, remember me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I think now I'm in such a better mindset than I was, I mean, even five months ago now. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Definitely reach out to them. I'm sure they'd be glad to hear from you. Uh, Awesome. There's so much there. Now, I wanted to just touch a little bit on the influencer side of things. So, Influence marketing, like you said, it's not new, but people are only really starting to take notice now. Yeah. Um, and even from a brand perspective, like I was using influencers six years ago and it wasn't really new then, but people are starting to take notice and seeing the value and starting to really use them in their brand marketing plans, but also a lot more influencers. You know, a lot of micro influencers are having a huge impact, um, but there's still a lot of skepticism around whether people could make it a full-time job um, because obviously you can't live off free clothes all the time. So what would you share? Like, What is your biggest tip around getting to work with amazing clients and what tips do you have for someone looking to get started possibly as an influencer? So if they haven't started at all yet, do you mean? Well, just anything. If if they want to start uh, making it like a job in a way. Yeah, well, there's a few things that I ask people, like why is it that you want to start? What is it about it that excites you? Because if you are just wanting the freebies and the glamorous side of things, it, it's, it's not going to be a fun journey for you. You, you, you got to be able to put in the value to your community and be willing to put in the work because you can't just, you know, put out a post with an emoji and expect to get all this engagement. You really need to now be having a strategy in place and being prepared to, yeah, put it, put together a strategy, knowing strongly what your brand is about, because you've got to view yourself as a brand. Um, have your values in place and know who it is that you would like to work with, your ideal um, followers or community you want to attract to your page. And that it's okay to say no to things because I feel like when you say no to opportunities, uh, rather than, and I don't mean from a perspective of being the imposter syndrome, I mean like turning things away because you don't feel they align with you because other things will arise. Um, but when you get to a stage, the, the golden question is, oh, how much should I start charging? But it really, there's so many factors that are involved. It, it's what it, the photography skills like, um, how engaged are your audience? Have you built a nice community? Have, um yeah, like where? what are your goals with that? And yeah, I've gone blank there. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's amazing. No, if for anyone that can't see me, my head's going to fall off. I'm like, yes to everything <laughs> you're saying. Because, <laughs> because I think that's the key with anything. When people see things, they see shiny things like, oh, free clothes or free trips or like, you know, oh, get rich quick schemes or yeah. whatever it is. And if you're not fully aligned with it, you're not going to push through when shit gets hard because things are going to get messy along the way and you've got to actually stick at it like you've been doing it for how long now how long has it been since you started the whole Um, journey let's say I reckon it's 10 to 12 years I think yeah so that's when I started my Facebook page 
Yeah, huge. And so people just see that, you know, you and they probably like, oh, my gosh, why can't I be like Ashley overnight? Well, you've got to stick at it. And I think all of those tips that you shared are so, so relevant for for anyone following their dreams. Make sure it's your dreams, not someone else's. Yeah, and that's also a major thing as well is to not focus on what everyone else is doing. I get a lot of people saying, I really want to be an influencer and I really love this, this, this and this person and I just love everything they do. But what's special about you? Like why should people hit that follow button and why do we want to join your community and connect with you? And so that's really something to think about. Like what is your secret sauce? (laughs) Yes. And you just mentioned then community because I see a lot of influencers who were the big deal five years ago and they're nowhere now Mm. or they're still there around, but they don't have any influence they've just got a big account with pretty photos because they haven't adapted like pretty photos don't work anymore but community does so I think you you've touched on that and you have a great combination of both your content is amazing but you are so real and you know show all of the behind the scenes and you're just you you know and I think that works really well (laughs) and that's the thing I treat my online community like they're my friends And so you might hear the buzzword authenticity and being authentic online. But the thing is, I don't know how to be anyone else online. I've (laughs) been showing up since the Snapchat days and I just just felt comfortable pulling my phone out and just talking to it. I don't know. That just seemed really natural to me. And so then I just continued doing that on Instagram and now we've got stories and and it's great. And, uh, (laughs) but it's just, yeah, trying all these things and, building that that trust with your community and yeah I feel like that they're my friends and the moment that your friends notice that you're doing something that is like hang on it's a bit questionable then then like you're going to get like called out for it you know and so Mm -hmm. I just think well I'm not going to do something that they're going to be like what the hell that's out of character that doesn't even cross my mind I because it just I'm aware of it (laughs) Yeah, no, amazing. Because you're not cur. I mean, you've got content there, but you're not curated. You're just yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and people can see that as well. Well, I if think you're not I think being with yourself. anyone, anyone, if they, I, I really notice on accounts I used to follow that you could tell when they were following certain people because you're following the same people, but then they start sounding like them, and you. Mm-hmm. We hear the term. Um, brand tone voice um on the online space and you can really tell that sometimes people like adapt to their little twings and twangs and it's like no just be you yeah and I think people tend I find that people do that partly because of comparison you know they're comparing why is this person so successful maybe I need to do this and that and you know fit into that box that they're successful because of these traits then let me try and do that Mm -hmm. and I think you hit the nail on the head you've just got to figure out what is amazing about you and showcase that because you are amazing everyone there is something special (laughs) about everyone (laughs) There definitely is. Now, just to finish up, I know we actually chatted about this offline and I'm pretty passionate about this as well, but it's sort of like when you are an influencer, when you are someone that's showing up online all the time, how do you know how much to share about your personal life and your online life? Because I know for me personally, I don't share about my 
partner and my family. It's more so me and if I'm going to the beach and there's still some fun side of things that I share, but I don't share those moments because when I'm with them, I don't have my phone on and that's just my time with them. And so that's a decision that I've made. People probably just think I've got no friends and no family, but (laughs) I just choose not to share it online. Um, Yeah, no, and I think that's a healthy boundary to make. Uh huh. What are your tips around that in terms of knowing how much to share and how much to keep private? I think once upon a time, I said something online about Alex and he yelled out, don't say that. <laughs> and or, don't tell them that or something like that. And then like, and I'd always been quite careful with what I shared. But it was that moment that I realized, hang on a second, like I can't just jump on and and share these things that are just between him and I. So anything that mm. I, I would never share if him and I were having a bit of a moment where, you know, all couples have them <laughs> or, <Yeah. laughs> or, or tea that's being spilled, anything like that. Like I, I'm just, uh-huh. I don't think that you're, Instagram is a place for it or putting up snarky memes or, you know, what are they like the quotes mm. and things where they're like having a hidden message behind them. I'm just not about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, creating that boundary, same as you, like I don't post much of my friends on my platform anymore because I don't, maybe they don't want to be exposed to that audience on, on my yeah. page. And by me just taking a photo and posting it, like I didn't get that permission to share it on there. And then, you know, some people just don't want to be on Instagram or on social media. So I'm just, I think about how other people will feel and what, what, what am I saying that it could, it could it be detrimental to someone else that I know or love, and I wouldn't want to put anyone in that situation. So I just like, I think it's a lot of common sense, really. Like, are you sharing something to create drama and get a reaction? Um, because mm. it doesn't come across nice online. If you do, if you do that, it, it just comes like, it's, it's yeah, a bit icky. I think that's a lesson in just being a good person in general. Yeah, really, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, so many amazing tips, and thank you so so much for really being raw and open about everything. You know, your whole journey and the ups and downs and the shiny sides as well. Thank you. Um, it's incredible, and I think a lot of people get a lot out of this. So, thank you so so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Jess. It's always, it's a pleasure and I just absolutely adore everything you're doing. Oh, thanks so much, Ashley. See you soon. (laughs) See ya, bye. Wow, another incredible guest sharing so, so much value. So I really do hope you all got a lot out of that. If you have enjoyed this episode or any of the last episodes, please make sure you screenshot and share this to your Instagram stories because that is how I can keep this podcast going. And that's how you can also inspire someone else. Like if you've taken something away from this, then please do pass it on and share that with someone else. So make sure you do share it and tag me at jess.williamson8 and ashley at it's ashley jade so that we can share the love right back don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you are enjoying couch chat so far because there will be a new episode dropping every thursday from now on so stay tuned for more